Lives of Pitch, the podcast where we pitch the best films that'll never get made. I'm Matt Turner. And I'm Tom McGrath. And the game goes like this. We asked you, our devoted listeners, to come up with titles that you'd like to hear us pitch. We then collaborate, coming up with story points, casting, and even marketing strategies. Without further ado, this week's title is... Help, I've fallen in love and cannot get up. <laughs> uh, good rom-com title. A great rom-com title. That one given to us by Max Revels. Thanks, Max, for that one. Thank you, thank you Max. Uh, with us, joining us, master of the romantic arts, is Dave Bulmer. <laughs> Hello. <laughs> Wait a minute. That's not romantic arts. That's Halloween arts. <laughs> I love how your first thing when you go, romantic arts. Although you've Tim got Curry. to admit, there's a connection there, isn't there? <laughs> oh, yes. I feel as if the closer you do get to mastering the romantic arts, the, the closer you do get to being Tim Curry. Doesn't that, <laughs> doesn't that gel? I think so. That scans, definitely. Dave, uh, this is your, your first appearance. No, the, it isn't. The, uh, oh. The... <laughs> Since the amazing uh, Halloween song, Halloween. yeah, yeah, uh, it was it was good. Thank you for doing that. No prob. I agree that it was good in terms of it being a good time doing it. It was fun, um, uh, and and lots of people liked it. So uh, yeah, should we do some honourable mentions? Honourable raw mentions. <laughs> Romerable commentions. Oh. <laughs> No, uh, <laughs> romantic commentions. Okay. What is uh, that? What, 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 what does that sound like? That one. <laughs> I'd like to probe that one further. Romantic um, commentions. Yeah. I don't know. It's it sounds like the part of the show where we read out some other titles. Yeah. For for films we've been given. So from Stephen Thomas, we've got "Love is like oxygen." Love is like oxygen. Okay. Mm-hmm. So yeah. in, in, in a rom-com, mm. we have to directly identify with one character. Yes. Like they, 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 because you can't be like a... You can't rom-com about an ensemble, really, can you? <laughs> no, then it'd be a rom-comble. <laughs> <laughs> that sounds delicious. <laughs> <laughs> or like, a, like a, a British character actor from, the 1980, from 1987. Like yeah. Ron Ron Comble. Ron Comble. <laughs> did a lot of with his Saturday night cabaret special. <laughs> so Ron Comble is the star of Love is Like Oxygen. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Ron Comble is the main character with Love way? is Like Oxygen. In what way is Love Like Oxygen though in this context? It's twenty five percent of the air we breathe. Oh that's lovely. Oh brilliant. Uh love. <laughs> well what if oh hang on a minute. What if it was that all of the love drained from the Earth's atmosphere and everyone started to lovecate? What if, like, what if it was like, okay, because that sounds very sci fi. I think it is. Yeah. Look, I admit that a lot of my ideas are a bit sci fi because that's just another word for silly. Yeah. But. I mean, it gives us the opportunity, for instance, if all the love is drained out of the of the earth, then um, we have to get the ecology going again and hope that it'll be raining men. <laughs> <laughs> we, right, so we open with a news broadcast. Uh, yeah. Someone very serious, uh, I'm thinking uh, Trevor McDonald. He says, All the love has gone from... The world. It's it's a it's a shame. And then <laughs> shame in it. We I wonder the, I wish they would say that on the news. That's I'm a shame in it. Oh well next I'm Trevor McDonald. <laughs> I'm Trevor McDonald for Channel 4 News. And it's a damn shame. <laughs> oh well. And then we cut to uh the opening montage of just like we just get generic skylines of cities. Yeah. With, That's how I you think, know it's a rom com. Yeah, yeah. I think Ryan Gosling, yeah, helicopters, helicopter shots of cities. Mm. Oh, I Ryan thought you were Gosling's... saying he helicopters over the Grand Canyon again. <laughs> <laughs> but like, no. no, this is this is where we put the song "Where Is the Love" by the Black Eyed Peas. Oh yeah, yeah. Oh, um, another one, another one from Oliver then. Yeah. <laughs> no, no. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> Quiet, Oliver. We're trying to do a romantic comedy. <laughs> So, so <laughs> Ryan Gosling uh, pushes Oliver out of the helicopter. He's taking a load of, <laughs> a load of skyline city yeah. shots in. And the I sound like the of Oliver every... falling out of the helicopter is like, Woo! <laughs> I like the idea that every rom-com trope in this is going to eventually pull back to reveal something that shouldn't be happening. <laughs> so you've got the, the helicopter shot like where it pulls back to reveal Ryan Gosling sat in the helicopter. <laughs> Yes, kicking he's... Oliver out of the passenger door. And R- Ryan Gosling's playing Ron Comble, right? Ron Comble. Yes. He's a uh, meteorologist. Okay. Slash, um, he films the transition shots for <laughs> rom-coms. <laughs> no, I think I think I think he's out there on the on the helicopter. Yeah. Um, doing some <laughs> do, doing some readings to try and find out why all the love's gone from the atmosphere. Yeah. <laughs> Because uh, <laughs> everyone's just dropping dead. Yeah, everyone's yeah. going blue in the face or in the heart, and falling over dead. Weddings are exploding. No, it's a myth that your wedding explodes if there's no uh, love in the atmosphere. <laughs> Actually, what happens is that your blood boils at a really low temperature. <laughs> <laughs> And so, then you explode. <laughs> <laughs> so, what is gonna happen? Like, what's what? What? what Good question. Need, my 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 question to you, folks. Yeah. Is what? <laughs> so Ryan Gosling, right? He sees all these people in love dropping dead. Oh, right. And are people immune if they're not in love? If if they're not in love, if they've never felt love before, so it is just like it's it's. A surprisingly large amount of people are oh. still alive. Oh, <laughs> oh it's like a, it's like a, it's like a gatekeepy. Like that's not true love. Yes, you've got yeah, like yeah. people who are not. With oh, the right what about one. the people? What about the people who are couples? Uh oh, yeah, they're going to be uh, looking gonna... at each other as scums, well, aren't they? They're all they're all dead. Uh, no, no, some, no but what I'm saying people is people who are in couples that's what yeah. I mean the people who are in couples but actually they're not in love and they, they don't know that because yeah. they've never experienced love mm. and they thought they were well, this is the what thing. happens to them that's actually this is a good premise well R- 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 Rang, Rang Gosling has never been in love and I'm thinking over the course of this movie yeah. he finds someone who he starts to feel things for and his mm-hmm. buddy friend is like no man what Charlie Day <laughs> or Charlie man. Day, someone with a really high pitched voice yep. is his is his best Joe mate. Yeah, no <laughs> oh, man. Oh, Ryan Gosling, uh, I'm your best mate, and I'm telling you, don't go by those women. And as he's only trouble, they're only meant talking, for sleeping with, like me. As he's as he's doing this monologue, the camera like it keeps cutting to Ryan Gosling, like with his jaw <laughs> dropping, and like the camera's pushing close in on Joe Pasquale, and like you know, Dreamweavers playing, there's little hearts everywhere. <laughs> <laughs> Ryan Gosling falls in love with Joe Pasquale. Yeah, and he's yep, yeah. and he's and now he's in danger of just do- dropping dead. And he's yeah. like, if he if he allows himself to fall enough in love with Joe Pasquale, it's like speed. It's like the movie Speed. <laughs> if he goes over a certain amount of affection for Joe Pasquale, <laughs> he'll explode. <laughs> So Joe Pasquale is going, don't fall in love. Don't ever do it, Ryan Gosling, because it, it's pointless. You yeah. should only ever just sleep with people meaninglessly like I do every night. And he's got like six ladies coming out of the door. And as yeah. Ryan Gosling is falling in love, Ryan Gosling is like, I, I, I can't look at you, Joe Pasquale. And then for the whole film... <laughs> Joe Pasquale is phoning him up and like f- chasing him around uh, the like centrally <laughs> chasing him around, chasing him around like Central Park and stuff like that. Just going, come back, Ryan, Ryan, I'm <laughs> your best mate. Come back, <laughs> Ryan. <laughs> so it's it is like speed. You've got to stay a certain a certain distance from Joe Pasquale, or you'll fall <laughs> hopelessly in love. <laughs> <laughs> and I think I think the the the, the kind of crux of the whole thing comes when it comes when uh, Ryan Gosling realizes he's like he ha- takes he takes shelter in a science classroom. 
and he realizes that oxygen is 25 percent of the atmosphere yeah. <laughs> sorry you you talk about you're the only one who can <laughs> go on <laughs> please <laughs> Oh, oh, okay. And he's Never on a seen. rowing boat, and he, he's. he's oh. I think I think Ryan Gosling <laughs> takes refuge in a in a like in a school that's is now empty. You've been evacuated because the kids might like because they're teenagers. They might fall in love really easily because they're full of yeah. hormones. Yeah. Um, and so that and so appropriate. Ryan, Ryan Gosling is is in, hiding in this classroom that's you know d- deserted, and he sees on the wall they're learning about oxygen, mm. and it's all all about like okay, oxygen's twenty five percent of the atmosphere, uh, and he's like, wait, we survive, but if our oxygen's a hundred percent, we explode into into flames because it's too much, it's so mm, fam- yeah. flammable, but if you just have a little bit of love, <laughs> it all comes back to you. <laughs> <laughs> Come back to me, Ryan! <laughs> and then what if, just as they're about to sort this out, there's actually the villain of the piece is this guy who maybe he works, he maybe he has some kind of corporate interest or something. Maybe he's oh holding my. the earth to ransom because what his plan is, is he's got he's got a drone that's following Joe Pasquale around. And, <laughs> and if he isn't given a certain amount of money, he will broadcast the image of Joe Pasquale on every screen on Earth so that everyone will fall immediately in love. And then they'll be in mortal peril. <laughs> how, right. how, how do we stop this ter- terrifying, prob- probably Ben Mendelsohn or Roger Allen? <laughs> we... we uh... <laughs> we kill Joe Pasquale. <laughs> oh my god, way. it's the only way. It's the only way. He has to make a heroic sacrifice. Yeah, yeah. He has to do a dramatic declaration of, of love to Joe Pasquale in order to get him to space. <laughs> to get him to shot him to space. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That's what it is. Is like... <laughs> we just have a miniatures, because we haven't introduced any kind of me- method of travelling to space. No. So we just have a, a little miniatures, like toys, like toy puppetry, uh, <laughs> where a helicopter just gets higher and higher and higher until it's in space. Yeah. Ryan yeah. Gosling flies the helicopter and then jumps out. Uh, is like, I'm sorry, Joe. This is for the greater good. And he's like, No, Ryan, why are you, why are you locking me in this in this helicopter for? Oh no, <laughs> off to space I go. <laughs> Not again. <laughs> and that's, Not that's, again. Wait, yeah. hang on. <laughs> rewind. Yeah. Rewind. I don't it's think a, we need to rewind that. Uh, that was <laughs> love. This whole thing just cycles every <laughs> 25 years. Is this written by HP Lovecraft? <laughs> <laughs> so that was Love is Like Oxygen. Thanks, Stephen Thomas, for that one. And oh, to sorry be honest, about that, right, Stephen Thomas. <laughs> to be honest, I think we can stop the podcast there because... Yeah. <laughs> We've all had a good laugh. Yeah. <laughs> Short but sweet, clearly. Yeah. No one's coming up with a better film pitch. <laughs> okay, so from Paul Anthony, we've got Married to Myself. Ooh. Oh. Hmm. Interesting. I think we so, need to pull some some tropes out of the bag for this one. Do you think yeah. he should, like, because he can't talk around his own husband, he should write some messages to himself on pieces of card and hold them up to a mirror? That sort of thing. <laughs> <laughs> so he's having he's he's having like marriage marriage troubles. Uh-huh. He's like falling in love again. He already got married to himself a little while ago, and we just have that right. as, as, as take a, take a, take that. Oh, as that's an interesting twist. Yeah. So it's like yeah, it's himself that he's falling out of love with. Yeah. Mm. 
so, so, this, so this this mad scientist has cloned himself. <laughs> yes. I was gonna, it's all about like writing letters and stuff just to yourself. You 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 see this like you receive a load of letters. You send. Oh, a load I've of letters. got it. I know how to do this without any science fiction at all. Right? Mm. What if <laughs> this? No, no. What if? What if this guy has the memento-style memory loss problem, right? So he can't create any new memories. And he reckons <laughs> he's in a long-distance relationship <laughs> with someone who he keeps writing letters to. But it's, just, it's just himself, because every day he's re- he reads the last letter and replies to it. It's, it's like the really lonely lake house. Yeah, I think... <laughs> I think um, it's... Probably, uh, who's... Okay, Hugh Jackman mm. uh, is... An, like, we, we're going to find out over the course of this um, story that uh, Hugh Jackman used to be a romance novelist. Okay. He is amazing at writing, like, really convincing romantic letters. And... Um, as as it goes along, he regularly he, so he has this momentum problem, right? Memento problem, uh, and also a momentum problem uh, with this <laughs> film. Um, uh, he he's sending these letters out to himself. They're coming back. He, he can't remember that he sent the letter. He's falling in love with this person, replying, and then um, you know because he's falling in love with his own beautiful writings. Yeah. I. How do we break this loop? Well, marriage, obviously. They 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 propose to each other. There's going to be a wedding, and then yeah. Ryan Gosling. Uh, no, not Ryan Gosling. <laughs> Hugh Jackman <laughs> turns up at Hugh Jackman's house. Oh shit! <laughs> <laughs> yes. Wait. Yeah. <laughs> so so what you're saying is that so this we, is a sequel a to viewer, the Prestige. Yeah, we as a That's... viewer have thought all along that Hugh Jackman was 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 writing to himself. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It was and in... then <laughs> it was actually Hugh Jackman writing to Hugh Jackman. Yeah, and all along the times when we thought he just went into the other room to write it, mm. it was actually cutting to the other man. <laughs> yes, in his house. <laughs> one of them's got a mustache. I don't know. It's it's, it's one of those things, right, where it cuts to. Uh, it cuts to Hugh Jackman in another room in the yeah. house, it wearing different clothes, and you think that time has passed. It's another day, yeah. It's yeah. another day, but no, it's exactly the same day, and it's yeah. ju- it's all set over one hour. Yeah, <laughs> like, you think you think time has passed, but no, it's just two Hugh Jackmans living in this one house, sending letters to each other. <laughs> They're living in the same house. Why are they sending letters to each other then? I, I don't know. I don't, they oh, what, 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 they... One Hugh Jackman thinks he's got short-term memory loss, but he hasn't. <laughs> <laughs> what does the other Hugh Jackman the think? They just like they, they just share a mailbox. It's two separate houses. <laughs> the, the mail the the mail doesn't exist. At this okay, point. no. The, okay, wait. What if it there is? It, it's one of the American style mailboxes. You know where you've actually yeah. got a box on a stick outside the house. Yeah. And one Hugh Jackman, and they, and it's like a terraced house of two houses. So mm. one Hugh Jackman who lives in one side of the house. He thinks he's got this short-term memory loss problem, but he hasn't. I don't, I don't know what you meant by that, Matt. But let's go with it. And then the other one. <laughs> He's just really shy, and he can't <laughs> just go around to the other Hugh Jackman's house. It's weird, yeah. isn't it, how sometimes people are attracted to each other when they have a really similar face. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, like, like, they just get married. Yeah. And that's that's how it ends. Yeah! But Hugh Jackman is just like, I can't take this, this uh, pressure anymore. Let's get married. And um, they do. I, I think I think I think you've got to have some like e- extraneous characters in there as well, though. Yeah. Like, the, I, I think this is the thing. The mailman Corey Feldman is uh, <laughs> complicit in this whole thing. Yeah. Um, because I feel like I feel <laughs> he's like egging on be... each Hugh Jackman. Yeah. Yes. Like I I feel like there should be a greater conspiracy that's that's made this uh this happened because how else do two hugh, hugh jackmans get into houses next to each other oh so um, so cory's like orchestrated the whole thing 
Mm. Like he might be one of a few like scientists who are like trying to figure <laughs> out how how oh 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 okay so there's a pullback reveal right <laughs> yeah. of like um, this is like a dark comedy okay. where you find out that Hallmark have kidnapped Hugh Jackman. <laughs> Hallmark the cards company. Yes. <laughs> okay. To try and make romantic sentiment. Okay. They're they're what? trying to dist. They're trying to distill romantic sentiment from these letters. <laughs> right. And Corey Feldman's job is to keep them apart. Oh. Well, he's oh, doing a very so good job, isn't he? these things down, write these snippets of romantic sentiment down mm. so that, that Corey Feldman can intercept the letters, look at them, pick out bits for, for Hallmark cards, oh. and, then, and then put them back. Oh, I see. But <laughs> I, I feel like there's a better way to keep two people apart than have them move in next door to each other. <laughs> <laughs> I, I can't this. think of any other way, uh, to be honest. <laughs> I, so, I think I think this is a tale of Hugh Jackman and Hugh Jackman overcoming their own problems that would keep them apart. Yeah, um, Corey Feldman apparently. Yeah, yeah, and the and the and the, and the, and the shyness thing and the and the weird memory loss thing that <laughs> you brought up, Dave. I don't know about what, what you said. I came up with the memory loss thing. It was you who suggested that he thinks he's got memory loss, but hasn't. <laughs> no, that was just me. Got... Oh, was it? Oh, sorry. That was me. It was because, it was because like, they lived in the same house and it cut from room to room and we were meant to think that time had passed, but it was the yeah. twist was it was actually two Hugh Jackmans. Yeah. Much like, much like Arrival. <laughs> with a twist where it's just sort of happening and you accept it as regular film language but no it's actually there's actually something going on yeah. beyond what's what your expectations are <laughs> yeah Corey feldman's mad hallmark uh experiment this is what happens when you give rom-com ideas to chris nolan <laughs> <laughs> like I can definitely see Christopher Nolan directing this movie and then it cuts to Christopher Nolan listening to this podcast and going hey <laughs> what do you mean by that <laughs> what do you mean by that <coughs> hmm <laughs> gets tapping away <laughs> Hans I've got an idea again <laughs> you want me to get out the foghorn <laughs> yeah yeah the foghorn <laughs> And he just starts, he's just got a big hand crank and he just starts turning it. <laughs> and it's like, Wah! I like the fact that, that Chris Nolan and Hans Zimmer live in a very similar situation. I'm imagining them as like, you know, like the, um, you know, like the captain guy in Mary Poppins who lives on the top of his house. And it's like his shit. Yeah. Hans Zimmer's got a big horn on the top of his. <laughs> <laughs> Christopher Nolan just sort of stands. He's just got a balcony and a pair of binoculars and he just looks for ideas. <laughs> hey, Hans! Yes! <laughs> Sound the horn! <laughs> I've got an idea again! <laughs> But like, <laughs> zooms zooms out and the binoculars have still got their caps on. He's just been looking at darkness. <laughs> yeah, so those were all of our honourable mentions this week. Thanks for getting in touch, everyone. Uh, remember, if you want to get in touch with us, just to tell us what you think of the podcast or uh, to give us film titles, remember to follow us on Twitter at Life's a Pitch Show and give us a like on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash Life's a Pitch Podcast. Okay, so now we move on to our final rom-com of this week's episode, and the title is given to us by Max Revels, and it is Help, I've Fallen in Love and Cannot Get Up. <laughs> <laughs> so the regular, usually this this uh, uh, Help, I've Fallen and Can't Get Up yeah. refers to an old person falling over. That's yeah. right. I think it was from an old American t TV advert for some kind of a personal alarm system. Ah, yeah, so, I found that out because huh. I I know it from an early episode of The Adventures of Sonic the Hedgehog. <laughs> wow. <laughs> That's where I first heard of it. But uh, yeah, it was even then it was clear that they were making a reference to something that I wasn't privy to. So mm, I've since yeah. become privy to it. Like um like chili dogs. Yeah, I thought oh. they'd made that up. <laughs> Me too, but then I became privy to them. <laughs> and they're pretty good. What happened then was neat. <laughs> so I think maybe this film is set in 
an old folks home. Okay. Okay. Um, Is it old people falling in love with each other? It might be. Mm-hmm. I think there's probably like some kind of something we, we I think the things we need for a rom com are yeah. people to fall in love. Yeah. And then something, some extraneous factor to try and pull them apart. Right. Such as the staff of the old folks home who don't Maybe. want any rumpy pumpy around here. I'm and thinking they also... I'm thinking we get the tropes of regular uh rom coms. Like just normal rom coms, any rom com. Yep. Pick a pick any rom com. And just transplant it into this old folks' home. Yeah. Okay. So, so the, the so the grand gesture at the airport is not is is like a grand gesture grand gesture just before someone's family come to take them home. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Um. Like yeah, it's all park. shrunk down into sort of like smaller stakes, mm. but but like encapsulated in so this it, little world. So instead of instead of all across New York City, it's just the locations in this old folks' home. Well, because because it's a decent enough size old folks' home that it's got like one jutting out bit and another jutting out bit, mm. and these two, the the romantic couple, can see each other's bedroom windows from their bedroom windows. So now mm. and then they can like glance over and see the other one, you know, wave or put up a sign they've written on or what have you. Mm. Right. Is, I feel like this would do really well. I think we should just pitch this film in real life. I know I often <laughs> J- say that, but I feel like this is a winner. J.K. Simmons is yeah. an ex-army vet. Yeah. I was going right? to say we focus on like Maggie Smith or something. Sure, but yeah, what, what, I'm, what I'm sort of like what, what I'm saying is this character mm. wants to be I think he lost his legs to a landmine or something. Oh. Right? He's in a wheelchair. Mm. Um which means he's in this one part of the old folks' home that requires constant like supervision and stuff. Well, okay. or it's just the part with all the ramps. Yeah, well, mm. sure, but like he, the the point being that he's not um, always mobile. Mm. Yeah, right. So he's kept apart from Maggie Smith's. Whereas um, Maggie Smith, area. she's legging it around all over the shop. She used to be <laughs> a gymnast. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> she still is, so to speak. <laughs> I like, yeah. I like oh, the idea can we have that we bit? have this whole bit where she like scales the roof of the old yeah. folks' home. <laughs> yeah, to get to get into his bit, there's one bit where she has to like put her back up against the wall and then do like a cartwheel down some stairs or something. <laughs> oh, this right. is a brilliant film. Right, so so I, I think I think they uh, they are both. This is how they meet. They both yeah. go uh, into like the communal dining area. Like yeah. uh, J.K. Simmons is coming around the corner, and Maggie Smith is also coming around the other corner, and, Ma- uh, and Maggie Smith is holding like a load of papers, um, a load of letters uh, for for her many many uh, uh, offspring that she's going to deliver before dinner, and okay. she she bumps into J.K. Simmons, and she's like, oh no, I don't, I didn't see you there, and all the oh, letters doing- go. All the she's letters doing go the voice. fucking everywhere, yeah. She's, so she's doing the voice in this film. It, the, the voice? What, that's yeah, just, Maggie Smith's voice. She's being Scottish <laughs> in this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. She, she's, she's, oh, yes. Oh, I've dropped all my letters. Uh, and, <laughs> and like, right. I, I think we have a best friend character who is played by um, Angela Lansbury. Ah, oh, classy. Uh, and we, we have the best friend character... Of J.K. Simmons, who's played by, um... uh, I think it, I think uh, J.K. Simmons' friend is um, slightly younger. Yeah, someone that um, like J.K. Simmons knew from the forces, and is a real sort of like, uh, you know, wants to kind of keep him apart, almost like uh, Louise sort of, like... Guzman. No, I know what to do with this. I know what to do with this. Yeah, it's not his friend from the forces. It's the son or daughter of his deceased friend from the forces who works in the old folks' home. So we get ah, like a yes. main character yes. who's a staff member, Louise Guzman. Yes, uh, and I think well, yeah. Uh, J.K. Simmons and and Maggie Smith bump into each other, and it's like a really awkward moment. And then uh, Louise Guzman comes in and, and wheels J.K. Simmons to the other side of the dining room, and they just look at each other. They sort of catch eyes uh, over and over again uh, during this dinner. I, I think I think we play that up like as they're eating. I... <laughs> we just we just get cuts to them looking at each other. As... I think that moment where she drops 
her her letters. Mm. They bump into each other. She drops her letters into his lap, and this folder, like it's been another folder of letters that she's been writing, yes. falls open, and it's like full of like scathing, like uh, basically like admonishments of her children. Mm. Like it, like Maggie Smith has a real kind of hot temper when it comes to like micromanaging her family, right? Um, and like telling them off for not going to visit her, telling them off for this, that, and the other. Like, and luckily, uh, this is just what J.K. Simmons finds sexy. <laughs> I think. See, this is the thing: you don't do that at the start, do you? You always have yeah. to r- bump up against each other. Yeah, oh, yeah. that's right. Yeah, mm. and so he's but, a real family man, and he's like, Duh, "I can't stand for this. This yeah. is against yeah. my traditional uh, values." <laughs> bad leadership right yeah. like he's he's a like he he's all about like being a good leader and being a good role model and stuff that and, that and she hates the army yeah yeah she's a, she was a, she was a flower child yeah she's yeah. a pacifist this is quite a good idea for him come on <laughs> <laughs> you wouldn't have thought it from the from the <laughs> from the uh, honorable mentions no <laughs> <laughs> so Right, I'm thinking that, that that's when they meet and they decide, well, J.K. Simmons like, has read the thing and, and obviously she knows about him being like an ex-vet. An ex-vet? Yeah. Just, a, just a vet. A uh, vet, veteran. Yeah. Um, not, an not... ex-vet is someone who used to so, work as a veterinarian. Yeah, <laughs> yeah no, a, a vet. And uh, sh- so she hates him. He hates her now because he's like, ah, oh, well, why, why, why is she writing all these mean, mean notes? Hey, to her wait family? a minute! Wait a minute! That, here comes another aspect to their story. Yeah. What if actually her and actually him clashed when they were young because she was protesting some war stuff that he was involved in? <gasps> yeah. Yes. What I if, think... like the equivalent of, he was the guy with the gun and she was the girl with the flower that she put in it? Like, <laughs> oh, no, maybe wow. not that, but something yeah. along those lines. They clashed personally, and they find this out like halfway through when they look when just as they're warming to each other they get out the old uh, photo albums and they're like sharing stuff from each other's lives they're getting to know each other they mm, find yeah. out wait we've both got the same photo but from different perspectives oh my god <laughs> oh my god this is quite a the good same film newspaper clipping yeah. they were the two in this newspaper clipping yeah though, like yeah, yeah. Oh my that god! They uh, that they <laughs> that they they sit down and discuss it over a Pepsi, and uh... <laughs> I think I think the guy who gotta uh, get works... the money coming in. I know. So Louise Guzman, I think, um, idolized his dad, right? Mm. Yeah. Um, uh, he um, uh, who died in in whatever war it was that um, Jacob yeah. Simmons came back from, mm. um, and so like. Uh, I think Louise Guzman has this really strange relationship. I think we cast him as a, a, a kind of a, like a weird character um, that like at the start, we see him as really, really like nice to JK Simmons. Cause he's mm. like, he's got this hero worship thing going on. Yeah. But as it goes on, it starts to, he's uh, like JK Simmons starts to realize that like Louise Guzman wants JK Simmons to do things that he can't do. Mm. Like he wants him to be like stronger and to sort of like out, kind of like uh to to he's, he's encouraging him to have prosthetics and stuff like that it's like <laughs> you can walk on your own and all this kind of stuff oh, right. um and i think like um that's probably going to get a little bit out of hand later but i think it's sort of like at the moment he's just a little bit overbearing but mm-hmm. i think I, I i think the idea like that um maggie smith will eventually be the the kind of foil to this like over aggressive, over masculine. I can do anything. Attitude mm. right. will uh, sort of will, will sort of uh, cancel out because Maggie Smith will eventually take on uh, uh, some some power structure that that sh- that will be kind of set up. I've got another comedy B plot here, okay. yeah, uh, and that is Angela Lansbury is a very sexually adventurous woman. Yeah. <laughs> who is constantly going after Louise Guzman. Like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. He's the she's he's the young the young uh employee, right? So. She she's knocking on his door uh, at the early hours in the morning and Louise Guzman's like, No, no, 
We can't. We can't do it, and Angela. <laughs> Angela, no, <laughs> Not no. Right now, it's against the rules. <laughs> and she's like, oh, <laughs> "Come on, Louise. Let, let's <laughs> let's play." And she's she's banging on his door with a giant dildo. <laughs> oh like, no! I brought my toys. <laughs> wow, you've really lowered the tone of this film now. <laughs> it was I've like lowered really the tone sweet... of the B plot. <laughs> the- yeah, the B plot has to be the one that's yeah. throwaway, right? Yeah. Like it has to be right. sort of, sort of like it, it. Because I think in a rom com, for a rom com, this is, has some quite serious subject. Well, matter. that's the thing. Yeah, it was quite a nice, <laughs> like quite a highbrow film. So for it to be a rom com, it has to be trash. Yeah, so, yeah, it's good for this to be. In it. The, there's like that's the thing. Quite a lot of rom coms sort of toe the line of being absolute garbage. And yeah actually quite they sentimental do, um yes. I, I think like uh, angela lansbury um is like the sort of rebel wilson figure in this sort of like the best mate who's just so over the top well that's the thing see in a, in in almost any other film uh, th- i would i would loathe this b-plot but because it's angela lansbury it's got that little spark to it <laughs> yeah. i'm all i'm all in now <laughs> She she's like the Mary Poppins of sex toys kind of thing. Like, she, <laughs> Ooh, th- there's, a there's scene. the name for the episode. <laughs> <laughs> there's a scene uh, where she's <laughs> where uh, Maggie Smith is sort of like been invited into a room and like that <laughs> she's essentially just sort of opening every every drawer and like every bit of every wardrobe and just there's. A, like a rack of sex toys up what and they're in. all every time you open the drawer they spring out like those snakes yeah. in a can yeah pretty much <laughs> like and she just like oh you've you've come around ra- you've come round to to mine to to get a little to get a little don't, don't be scared maggie smith's character I, i'll sort you out and, he's, and maggie smith's like no i just yeah. want to come to you for some some advice and she's like really? no no really? I, 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 got, I got all these vibrators out on my bed <laughs> <laughs> like you just do that for an entire scene i don't think maggie smith really learns anything from it it's just it's just a comedy beat it's 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 probably got to be like because if 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 angela lansbury is sexually aggressive then then um uh angela lansbury sorry uh, then maggie smith has to be almost the opposite of that right yeah yeah she has to be very kind of like closed and not doesn't show any of her feelings and sort of like uh therefore Whenever she like tries to uh, get close to J.K. Simmons, um, without like outright saying anything, it 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 turn a conversation turns to something like the past, mm. or or politics or whatever, and uh, they do not get on in that in that respect. Yeah, um, I reckon Louise Guzman knows about Maggie Smith's flower child history mm. and sort of tries to use it to to to, to wedge them apart because he doesn't like her well, style I'm thinking, yeah how do they end up getting together because at the moment we've just got them hating each other yeah. um is it well i mean look who they are you know mm. they're jk simmons and maggie smith they're both yeah. great yeah. i can't it, it wouldn't be difficult to imagine those two characters hitting it off because it's difficult to imagine not hitting it off with either of those two people. What do they bond over? I I think I think it probably they probably bond over the fact that when Maggie Smith tells him about her children, yeah. Like he realizes that they're essentially they are shits. Yeah. <laughs> like they 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 sort of um uh because so you know like, that's yeah, the reason she enough. was sending scathing letters is because they yeah. haven't been to visit at all like since she came here. And essentially, they've caught, sort of almost like left her here. There's a scene um, where Millie Bobby Brown comes to visit, and <laughs> she only does it because, like, she's just been dropped off in the suburbs where this thing is, and she can't get back. So she's just on her phone constantly. It's like, ah, oh, Grandma, what the fuck are you? Ah, oh, so boring here. Oh my God, I hate you, Grandma. I fucking and- hate you. <laughs> And and I, th- I think probably J.K. Simmons comes over and gives her a good old like army telling off. Yeah. Um, oh, it's it's like that scene from Full Metal Jacket where the guy screams at. <laughs> <laughs> and it, 
I, I said Full Metal Jacket. You could e- could have easily picked the one from Whiplash where he's yeah. shouting at the guy. <laughs> J.K. Simmons is clearly an imposing character. Yeah. I feel as if we're going to lose some sympathy with J.K. Simmons after that scene, though. Yeah. Well, no, no, no. Because, because right, uh, Millie Bobby Brown has been such a dick. Yeah, like, I think we've got that, to establish they... a situation where that's, yeah, that's happening. Yeah, but she's really little, so any kind of J.K. I don't think... Uh, I think no, no, yeah. that casting no, no. choice, we want well, to we, rethink we, that. We, we make it so that Millie Bobby Brown is framed... She's got range. She can yeah. definitely pull it off being an absolute dick to these <laughs> old oh, folks. Yeah. So yeah. when Maggie Smith and J.K. Simmons come together to bully her out of the out of the room... <laughs> it's a hero's like okay so everyone in, in the case, audience is going yeah okay you tell so in that Millie, case millie bobby brown millie so millie can't just be a punk like she was in you know season two of stranger <laughs> things she's she's she stealing needs to pills. be yeah she's got to be not just stealing pills feeding them pills she's got to be doing something evil really mm. okay. threateningly bad like she's got to have a racket going on like maybe she's working uh for the for her parents, the kids of, of the the yeah. elderly couple, oh. to really swindle them out of something. It doesn't really make sense because they're presumably paying an arm and a leg to keep them in this uh, old folks' home anyway. But well, I, I was I was thinking like she was she's like a posh uh, upper class person, right? Um, oh, I've got it! No. I've got it! Um, they have been telling um, the person who runs the the um, uh, this old, uh, old folks' home, Keely uh-huh. Hayes, let's say. Sure, the person yeah. who sort of like owns it, they've been telling her that Maggie Smith has got dementia and is cannot cannot have power of attorney over her mm. own kind of fortune, right? <gasps> yeah, yes. there you go, there you go. Boom. So like she's trying, she's going to meet with Keely Hayes to say, you know, like, uh, you know, it's clear that she's forgetting this, that, and the other. They've, she's like. Uh, clipped out. She's like photoshopped um, letters that Maggie Smith has written her. Mm. And because we've seen what's in the letter before and like uh, J.K. Simmons has talked about that letter, um, you can see that it's been edited Mm. to make her sound confused. And so like um, then, then when, so when Millie Bobby Brown's like, I still feel uncomfortable with Millie Bobby Brown's age on this, but like, I think it's probably fine. Um, but uh, like she's then well, like, we've got all we've got years of development yet. She'll be older by then. Yeah, true. Um, we're, yeah, <laughs> this they're, is they're trying to... just first draft, but yeah. pre-first draft <laughs> shit. Yeah. So it's clear that these 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 kids are trying to leave her that leave her her fortune away from her and and yeah, uh, sort of like you know I think I think Maggie Smith kind of wants to leave a lot of it to to give a lot of it to charities and stuff because she's a she's a hippie. Yeah. Um, yeah there you go. So like uh, yeah, they're, they're, that's why they're trying to leave leave that offer. Uh, mm. And I think at that point, that's that's um, revealed. J.K. Simmons like snatches it up and says like, you know, this isn't this isn't true. She gives a right old bollocking yeah. to uh, to Millie Boy Brown, and, and, that, and that's, in that way, he's a hero. And that's yeah. where they they thought they sort of realize that they're in love with each other. And I, I think that ooh, whole wait, ooh, ooh, th- sorry, go on, Tom, and then I'll say my thing in a minute. <laughs> that <laughs> whole excited. Thing- that whole thing uh, of her being the dementia yeah. thing comes back, so she has to be transferred at, at one point. I think like the, the sort of last bit of the of the film, she has to be transferred, and that's when J.K. Simmons goes after her. Uh, right. Well, I'm thinking. Well, my, well, I'm thinking that the people in the old folks' home are actually kind of in on the scam in some way. Mm. So what you end up with is the gradual realization that these two people are in this kind of prison essentially mm. and and i think it's jk simmons who gets moved to the other place because don't forget maggie smith she can do acrobatic stuff right yeah <laughs> so she is the one like sneaking after them you know grabbing on the back of the truck and riding along like that <laughs> going in, you know going into the other place sneaking about she can't do cartwheels anymore but she can do more yeah. than a normal geriatric person could do and, and she pretends she can't and and they're driving to the airport yeah, where where J.K. Simmons is about to get on uh, an airplane, <laughs> an airport. Yeah, okay, and he's, he's about to get on an old folks' plane <laughs> to the other old folks' home. A bus, a bus is fine, right? It's a the yeah. bus t- d- depot. 
yeah, yeah. yeah. The bus depot then, where because I like, think that's realistically that's... there are no security checks. Exactly, that you, that you, don't, <laughs> you can't really get past. So and nobody would ever suspect. In fact, not even a bus. It's just a park and ride. So nobody <laughs> would ever suspect Maggie Smith, the, yeah. the, the exact sort of person you'd expect to find at a park and ride. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I just I think like um, there's there's an aspect of this where like the reason that J.K. Simmons is being transferred is because um, like uh, Louise Guzman's kind of convinced him to go to this specialist place that's going to get him walking with prosthetics because mm. like oh that's it because he's there oh he's only there because of his veterans like privileged thing right like the, the yeah. idea that they, mm. he's he's been given discounted rates because he's a veteran. Yeah. Mm. right like he's been kind of like they're trying to lever him out of this place so they're trying to be like you can walk come on you can do it you can look after yourself you're a military man you could you're a right. you're, be a man and look after yourself um right. and and so louise guzman with his whole like idolizing his father who died and yeah. like not liking this this shadow of a soldier that he's seeing in front of him <laughs> is sort of like is 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 basically has him at the point where he's like going like you know, there's there's probably a, a quite a tense scene where mm. like Louise Guzman like takes away J.K. Simmons' wheelchair and says, "Come on, get up." Mm. Um, and uh, I think like I had it in my in my mind that that might be the bit that Maggie Smith comes and saves him from, but I think this this bus. Oh, so the, this is the thing. Um, they need a distraction. Well, Maggie Smith needs a distraction to get past Louise Guzman to J.K. Simmons. So Angela Lansbury comes up and goes <laughs> and just like jumps him. Yeah, <laughs> just like g- grabs him firmly by the hand and drags him into a janitor's closet where we never see, any it way, see or hear from them again. Is there any way that this can like have a climactic scene in which Maggie Smith is holding J.K. Simmons like in her arms and, I don't know, jumps through a big plate glass window? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yes, I think that's, that's, that's probably it. At the back of the bus. Yes. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah. She was. Um, she wasn't an acrobat. She was a, a circus performer <laughs> who got a big like payout. Like well, for... an, an acrobat is a kind of circus performer. Yeah. Okay, so yeah, she got like when when like um something went bad at the circus, she got like this massive <laughs> fortune paid out because she sued them. Oh, That's right. That's why she's rich. Yeah. The uh, the trapeze snapped. Yeah, it yeah. wasn't her fault. Um, and so like uh. They, you know, she she's able to do these crazy, crazy tricks that we'll probably demonstrate at some point before. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, she'll jump out the back of the bus. Uh, and and that's, the that's that they both fall over and look at each other and say, "I've fallen in love." <laughs> and, and then I J.K. Simmons says, up. "And J.K. Simmons says, and I can't get up." <laughs> <laughs> Maggie Smith says I've fallen in love and yes. then J.K. Simmons says and I can't get up <laughs> and then it zooms out and they're on the Golden Gate Bridge uh, and the credits roll as the helicopter flies away from uh, piloted by Ryan piloted by Ryan Gosling yeah <laughs> that's beautiful that's a that's a good film mm. <laughs> it's good fun anyway yeah so uh, thank you for listening to I help. I've fallen in love and cannot get up. Thanks, Max, for that title. Uh, yes, thank you very much. And uh, if you've enjoyed the show, uh, there's plenty of things you can do. You can, uh, firstly, you can share it with your friends and family. Um, don't forget that we always love to hear from you with your title suggestions on Facebook and Twitter, as well as, of course, um, uh, just what you think about the the show, what your favourite pitch was, and all that kind of thing. Um, but you, if you really like the show, then of course you can go over to patreoncom forward slash Life's a Pitch Podcast, where you can give us a little bit of money each and every month to help us make the podcast better and to uh, kind of just support um, the, the show you, you get every every week and maybe even get a little bit of extra content for yourself. There's a, a whole pitch every single week available um, for, for our patrons. So go over there and um, have a little look at the page. Um, you don't even have to do anything. Just, just have a little look at the page. Um, Dave, thank you for being Hello. on the show again. That's all right. Anytime. Uh, where can I'm sure people know by now, but where where can people find you? Probably, yeah. I'm Demon Tomato Dave, and you can find that person on YouTube and Twitter. And that's about it. 
Um, but you know, that's the name I go by, and you'll find me at those places. Yeah, if you if you did enjoy the, and I've had a, a lot of positive feedback about uh, about um, the the song. So like that's oh, the, the primary like wheel of your uh, empire. Right? Yeah, yeah. You should go on my YouTube channel and uh, and or Brent Floss's YouTube channel and yeah. find my songs because yeah. I've done some. But I mean, look, honestly, at this stage, most of my song content is on my Patreon rather than on my YouTube, and I'm, I need to change that. I need to turn that around. Watch this space. But I did a Doctor Who song recently. They can go and see that on YouTube. Yeah, you did That's a Doctor a re- Who. That was a lot of fun to watch. <laughs> yeah, I love the effects in that in that video. It was really good. Yeah, it's not good, but it is. <laughs> and like it's- Doctor Who. <laughs> yeah. And- and if you're a fan of video games, like, you know, there's a lot of content that you have put out in the past. Like, this, this, just because you haven't put it out recently doesn't mean it's not there for new fans. No, it doesn't. Um, That's so, true. Yeah, go and have a little look at, uh, at Dave's. That's true. No, it's just that I'm sort of embarrassed by my old video game songs because they're bad. <laughs> Whereas the new spruced up versions of those same songs on the Patreon are good. So yeah. I need to come up with a way of making videos for them so that more people can hear them. Just copyright flag yourself and replace the audio with your oh. new audio. <laughs> That's actually a brilliant idea. <laughs> yes, yeah, so uh, it's time to thank our patrons, the, the patrons, these people who are uh, on our Patreon. They are our patrons. Um, so uh, starting from the top here, we've got Mihir Trivedi, my waste of talent. For the love of crunch, Brenda, stop watching me while I enjoy my husk. Brandon's, <laughs> Brandon's Spanky Mills, Ross Originals, Stephen D. Thomas, Sam McKillman, gets those bloody husks down your gullet, Tim, I fought the war for. <laughs> I fought in the war for. That's, um... <laughs> Uh, I don't I know what that I mean. Cut off before the person meant it to. <laughs> yep, possibly. Um, uh, next up is uh, what the piss do you mean? They've released blueberry husks. Get me some. <laughs> um, Brent Black, Joseph Hegarty, Strike Comedy, or How I Learned to Stop Worrying and Love Improv. Buy wheat bisque husks today because without them you're nothing. And finally, uh, ooh, would you look at the husk on that Jimblebee? Just bloody taste it. Uh, so thank you all for your uh, your contributions to the show. Uh, you do make it better, even if you do make it a lot longer. <laughs> <laughs> so thank you everyone for listening, and thank you Dave for coming back on. No problem. Uh, and we'll leave you today with our joint yes, very clever award, which go to Chelaquint and Connor Lavelle, who've given us <laughs> love theoretically and love diagonally. <laughs> very good. Yes, yeah, very clever. Very clever. Oh, very clever. Very, very clever.